Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is Toughcast. And welcome to Two United Fans by Tough... Toughcast by Two United... Uh, this is not. This is Jeff, and using a creative introduction that rhymes with the episode number, it's episode 60. Right. We're rusty, Jeff. We are really rusty. We took two weeks off. We took two weeks off, and uh, we moved studios. Yeah, it's a... We're in a, the basement. We're in a very echoey uh, room over here. Uh, we've actually been abducted by the USL, uh, and, and they're holding us to um, Which is produce... worse than being abducted by North Korea. Right. It is terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard uh, Barry Vanderbeck, by the way, a former Tampa Bay GM, is now working for USL. And he came into the room just now and was like, we'll be nice to you if you give up an ASL secrets. And it was funny because as he walked past, all he said was, who wants dinner and kept walking. And Right. We want dinner. Right. And technically, aren't we on Don Garber's paycheck, too? So you would think so. But the thing is, the USL podcast is a subsidiary where we're owned by MLS, but it's very rare that we would ever get paid by MLS. Right. It's right. tough. Yeah, we're just stuck in the middle, listeners, and we need your help. But uh, this week, we're going to have a quick episode. We've got uh, three different things to talk about. One is a listener's 11, which I'll let Jeff handle. We've got uh, a format discussion about the spring and fall season where Jeff have a po- and I have opposing ideas on what the NASL format should look like. Right. And then finally, we're just going to go through some hot takes about and some pancakes mm. about the every mm-hmm. NASL team and the spring and maybe a little bit about the fall. Yeah. By Def- the way, Jeff, I have a question for you. It's a very serious question. What do you think of Brexit? The votes today. <sighs> It doesn't make any sense to me why you would exit, why you would Brexit. Sorry, let me use the buzzword. Right. I just don't get it. I have friends from England and I've been asking them about it and they're just panicking. You you haven't like got your experience of going to England every summer and learning their ways? Learning the way of breakfast. Yeah, I haven't done yeah. that yet. Maybe that guy from Seattle who goes to goes to Europe every <laughs> summer is over there like learning how to like secede from the I Union. learned the ways of the capo. Right, yeah. And then I learned about the Brexit. There's just this drunk American on top of a US po- uh, UK polling place being like, fight and win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to the Listener 11, man. Sure. So we had an idea. We talked about how we needed your help to be able to get out of the, the doldrums of USL. We were also needing your help over the last week as we were coming up with the TUFXI, hashtag TUFXI, which looks dangerously like hashtag Brexit, now that I sure. think about it. with the, <laughs> Because F looks like E and X and I are right next to each other. That's the only justification I have for that. Uh-huh. But I ended up hacking the Twitter for two United fans for a few fleeting days. Right. You finally gave me permission as you were moving, conveniently. Uh-huh. And uh, so I nominated... Three players per position, excuse me. And you got it all wrong. I was seeing all the replies. According to Edmonton, we got it all wrong. And according to everyone else, we got it all right. Really? Yeah. They were the only group of fans who were upset. um, And understandably so. Uh, so You made the Canadians angry? I know. Didn't you see my hashtag? We love you, Edmonton, we swear. (laughs) Um, It was trending in Edmonton as the only tweet referring to Edmonton for about five years. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So uh, we'll start with the controversial goalkeeper pool and uh, we'll work our way through. So I ended up wanting to put this as a 4-2-3-1 because that's what every team outside of Miami was running this year pretty much. Okay. Uh, with a couple who are forcing it to a 4-3-3, which is pretty much the same thing anyway. Sure. And so nominations went with that format. 
By the way, can I just say, intercede at this point and say that Inverting the Triangle was my least favorite book ever? Second, or maybe maybe second only to Cash 22. Ooh, okay, that's also a good choice. I hated it. Yeah. I could not get through Inverting the Triangle. And then in 1955, Johnny uh, Blokey, who played for Arsenal, was called up to England and brought with him some tactics from Arsenal. And His- how could we forget the fantastic movement of 1959 when Blokey <laughs> went back over to West Bromwich and learned <laughs> what it means to be a holding midfielder? And then across the channel in America, there was a Uruguayan who, like, <laughs> it's like, shut up, dude, there's so much. <laughs> detail here about all these formations that could not could not get it's through like, like three chapters of that detail. book too Seriously. much detail anyway so okay you pick this four two three one it's good to be back man all right <laughs> so we picked the four two three one um the the next one will probably be three five two or whatever the hell it ends up being but uh-huh not controversially we had a goalkeeper and controversially the nominees were jimmy maurer of the new york cosmos matt pickens of the rowdies and John Bush of the Eleven. Does anyone call them the Eleven instead of Indy Eleven? I feel like that's like saying the United, right? Right, but people do that on local broadcasts. I'm pretty sure they said the Eleven All right. like somewhere. So I guess yeah. I'm not creative. Listeners, let us know if you've heard the words the Eleven. The Eleven. The yeah. E Eleven. Um, we did get Edmonton fans who were upset that Matt Van Ockel, um they were was not nominated. They were drunk off the power of the midfield press putting him as the goalkeeper for their spring 11, and they wanted more. And uh, No way, man. No way. Matt Van Ockel makes too many mistakes. He's brilliant at times, but sometimes he makes these big, big mistakes in a way that Maurer, Pickens, and John Bush don't. Mm-mm. I agree. They were very consistent throughout, and I think that's yeah. the big thing that sets them apart. Same it, thing with Najok. Najok makes brilliant saves, but he makes mistakes. I heard someone refer to him as a YouTube goalkeeper. <laughs> You know, <laughs> the one where you're like, every week you'll go and be like, Sammy Najak blows your mind with reflex saves. But then he actually let in two goals that week, and you're like, oh, okay, but some really good saves. I thought you were going to say as a YouTube blog where he goes, hey guys, how's it going? I'm just back from training. training just want to talk tough. to you about a few feelings about Brexit now. And uh, if, if you like what you see, go ahead and subscribe right here as he points to a random part of the screen where he puts a bubble, right. as every channel does. And a bunch of teenage girls know his name, but nobody else does. Sammy! And Have you seen this, by the way? There are all these YouTube stars that people like pinch like, Frank, Fatty Frank or whatever. And you're like, who? What? Fatty Frank. Yeah. And is that the reason that you gave up the video pod? Right. Actually, you know what? That yeah, I'll tell you this afterwards. There's something with the video pod that's exciting later. So John Bush ended up winning the uh-huh. goalkeeper pool with 47% of the vote. Um, Jimmy Maurer had 32%. Matt Pickens had 21%. And Matt Van Ockel had two write-ins. Got it. G- good old John Bush, huh? So John Bush. We made fun of his capris. I, th- I think I picked Pickens. I think I picked Mac Pickens. I like Why? John Bush. Okay. But Pickens, to me, is not 40 years old and has... It's a hot take. It, it is. Uh, and and I, th- I, thought, I thought I liked his... Um, I just thought he was a stronger keeper. It's, it's, a, it's a gut feeling thing because both of them were excellent. Mm-hmm. I actually ended up voting for Jimmy Maurer as I'm looking at this. Homer. <laughs> so, what? You're like Sheaf with the power rankings. How is that a Homer pick? Not, not Homer pick. Uh, you, you're going with Sheaf. Like Sheaf, when he makes the power rankings, which, by the way, I disagree with Sheaf's power rankings quite a lot. He okay. always bases it on like past history of teams rather than like 
what's actually happening this year. Mm. Like, you'll never find the Cosmos below, like, the top two in its power rankings. That's a fair point, actually. For me, it's the fact that I don't think the Cosmos would have been so close if it weren't for him. But we'll talk about them when we get to the team by team. All right. I just don't. Yeah, I was underwhelmed by the Cosmos this spring. Um, Working our way through the back line with 96% of the vote, which is the closest thing to a unanimous vote that we got. Mm -hmm. Um, At right back, we have Kevin Venegas with 4% of the vote. We have Nana Etacora. And just happy to get a shout out with 0% of the vote is Hunter Freeman. Cool. At left back, similar situation. Um, This one I didn't think should actually be so much of a runaway. At, with 83%, we had Justin Davis. With 15%, we had Nemanja Vukovic. And with 2%, we had Matt Banner. Vukovic scored, like, two extraordinarily important goals for Indy. Of the two games that Indy won all spring, I think he scored both game winners. They actually won four games, but still. <laughs> um, he scored two game yeah. winners. Yeah. That's pretty clutch. And I thought Davis had a few moments, like his red card, which were just not... not you couldn't do it. And Boehner had a couple of good games too, right? But I guess Jackson did so badly. Right. I think I made sure every team had at least one nominee, so I was kind of nice about that. Um, and then working our way to the center of the back line, uh, you're f- the first winner, so what I ended up doing for center back, as uh-huh. I was in a panic, they were the last things I'd posted, because I don't know how you do two positions at once when you only have four choices uh-huh. and one pull. So the first center back was Brent Coleman, actually who got 38% of the vote there. Papa Diakite had 32% in the first ballot, and then 15% each for Carlos Mendez and Tam Nakandawire. Yeah. <laughs> Transfer allocation money uh, did not come in well. I, I, yeah, you know, Brent. Hmm. Brent's, you know, I, I don't want to hate on Brent. I think he's a, he's a good player. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's some better center backs in the league. You know, uh, what do you think about that? I think for the spring that was accurate. Okay. I really, I mean, for me, it didn't count in the poll for me, but he looked like a complete center back against Sporting Kansas City in the Open Cup. Sure. And there were spring games where, yes, there were the occasional missteps where the ball would go off his knee and almost go across the goal, Mm -hmm. but he was the most solid part of our defense, I think, in the spring. Sure. And uh, so for that alone, um, I don't mind having him being in the, the back line. I, th- I think, I mean, I agree that uh, Diakite is one of those guys who stood out for Edmonton most games that I watched for them, for sure. But, like, it's hard for me to put put Mendez, you know, behind Common. I, th- I thought Mendez was a really good player for the But Cardinals. that might be you pulling a sheaf okay. and then going off of the pass <laughs> because with how they ended up playing... I don't know if I can say the same. Okay. Um, okay. okay. I will also say that uh, Diakite ended up getting the second spot with 60%. Carlos Mendez got 33 and Tam got 7%. All right. Well, too bad, Don Garber. Tam's going away, according to this poll. All right, moving along. Uh, at defensive midfield, so as our number six, Jeb Browski actually ended up winning that one despite missing a couple of weeks. With 55%, Richie Ryan got 39%. Nick Ledgerwood got 6%. Richie Ryan. Yeah, it was my I, vote. Yeah, you, you got to... The guy was... I mean, you just have to see the difference he made in Miami. He you know? played for two teams and he didn't miss a game. Right. You and, know, and that's and, a little unfair for Jeb because he couldn't really control missing time. But right. there's a consistency with that and he's... I think that 
Richie was the best defensive midfielder in the 10 game spring. So True, true. And in a lot of these cases, we're basically saying like this awesome guy was just slightly better than this other awesome guy. Right. Yeah. It's it's not <laughs> egregious. No, right, it's, right. it's really nice. Um, the central midfielder uh, partnered with him in this hypothetical midfield. We had Juan Arango for the New York Cosmos with 79%, Derek Boateng with 15 and Ramon Nunez with 6 We're not putting... Oh, I see you have an attacking midfielder, too. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah, sure. Arango, yeah. He scored some great goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'll give it to him. Yeah, I didn't think there was much of an argument there either. Um, at left midfielder slash wing, we had Michelle Mabel with 46%. We had Khalif Al-Hassan with 34% and Austin Deleuze, player of the month in April, with 20 You know, so he de-lost that poll. <laughs> I just realized all three of these players have great songs because me, Shah, Mabel, Khalif, don't like it, and, and us. Is, don't, isn't there The Loses on Fire? The Loses on Fire, yeah. Yeah, all three of them have great songs. A good, good, good selection. Yeah, Michelle, sure, I'll give it to him. Yeah, I agree. It's unreal that he's the golden boot winner right now, but, or no, he's not. Eamon is. Right. We'll talk about him in just a second. At right midfield wing, uh, Tisha Palani had 50%, and then Danny Cruz had 38%, and Billy Forbes had 12%. I give this one to Forbes, actually. Forbes is I, I, I the, the Rio games that I watched Forbes is on fire and I really liked it and T for the six that he started or whatever it was sure and, and I T, don't think that's enough for him to T fall, fell off I think but Forbes fell apart and missed two games with suspension sure right sure. mid I will admit right mid was the hardest position for me to fill let me put it this way if I had to pick between the two I would put Forbes on my team so okay uh, yeah i would happily take t then um <laughs> we're gonna get all the nasl players together we're just gonna toss a coin and be like okay jeff you and pick we're me. the douchey team captains we're hey, gonna be like yeah we get you buddy <laughs> nasl does need an all-star game commissioner bill peterson this is how you do it the spectacle is all the nasl players on a football pitch and they all have, like jeff and i select our 11 and then they play each other and then people will be like who the fuck are jeff and notch <laughs> hey come on man our worldwide good. following what that's true we do have listeners in Belgium. um the attacking midfielder so once it was apparent that Wanarango was gonna win i realized that at center midfield i overlooked a couple of the big marketing guys who are clearly central midfielders and not attacking midfielders so i put them in this poll and thought you know what we'll just switch them if we need to but we don't need to because ben spees won handily with 67 percent of the vote uh, joe cole got 18 percent and nico cranchar formerly of the new york cosmos is at 15 percent Clown car, you know, now that I think about it, probably should have been in central instead of Arango. Arango is good, but Clown car was obviously in a different league when he was playing. Right. Then he was injured, too. But he looked pissed off, too. Like, not pissed off in a way where he's like, I'm going to play hard and win this game. Pissed off in, like, a why am I here? Pissed off in a, like, I'm going to disappoint my girlfriend who loves New York by leaving for Rangers. Right. Because if you love New York, boy, you're going to love Scotland. Right. By the way, that move is now confirmed. He's off to Rangers. There's a photograph of him. By the way, that's the wonderful thing about his new house. Uh, cop cars go by the street <laughs> on Thomas a lot. It's great. <laughs> the pops that you heard was the two of us just looking out the window like a couple of old men. Just, mm, looks like they're at their job again. <laughs> that, was, that was real. And probably uh, the, the most... 
I don't know if you can even call this controversial, but what's tough about this formation is you only get one striker. Sure. And okay. so Christian Ramirez gets the striker slot with 57%. Eamon Zayed got 35%. And Jake Keegan of Edmonton got 8% of the vote. Yeah, you got to give that to Eamon. Yeah. You got to give I I mean, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. Christian is, again, it's one of those things where, like, you're putting an awesome player above a slightly less awesome player. But Eamon Zayed just turned it on so many times that... It's hard, hard not to, and it's hard not to love the guy with the story, man. Now, do you think? Well, yeah. Oh, the final, right? But do you think that we? Because I voted for Eamon as well, but do you think that we put extra merit on his hat trick in the tenth week? I don't think so. I think he was, you know, even in the games where he didn't score, he was just in a different zone of kind of creating chances of putting the ball where it needs to go, and and the level of control that he displayed every time he was on the ball, he just looked like a natural. Like he looked like he knew what he was doing every single time I saw him play. Fair which, enough. Which, I I don't think that's as much of a point because I I would hope that you know. Well, n- knew what he was like doing. Like, on the ball. let me put it this way: he never looked confused. He never looked kind of like. It, it's I don't know how to put this. He looked like a natural. You know, he looked like he wasn't. He it was it looked effortless for him, which it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It's just that he looked like he was in a different league. Fair, totally fair. Yeah. So, in total, that means reading right to left, we have Bush, and then Venegas, Diakite, Coleman, Davis, and then we have Brovsky and Arango, and then we have... Who was the right wing again? Tisha Pilani. Tisha Pilani. Poor Ben, ben Svees and Michelle, and then Christian Ramirez up top. Yay, your listener 11. And that team definitely wins the league every single week. All right, Jeff, you do not like the spring season existing. Um, You think that, uh, I don't know what you think. What what would your ideal NASL format be? I'd be really curious, actually. I want to hear you explain to the listener without hearing it, what is my take? If you're going to be like, Jeff thinks think I think Jeff thinks that uh, there should be a spring, fall, winter, and summer season. That's a big part of it. Um, And then if if a specific set of criteria is met, if Edmonton finishes in fifth or above in two of the four seasons, you have a monsoon season that's added on to the schedule at the last minute. That's a montan season. Right, exactly, exactly. See, see, I was right. Paraphrasing you are, but I get it. Right, and then there is a, a, a wildcard player who teams can trade amongst themselves, and it's actually a terrible player who has to be on the other team's 11. So you can be like, I, every team starts with one wild card, and then this, you know, in the next game, they can be like, or one time every season, they can be like, in the next game, you're going to play your worst player in the starting 11 for sure. And that's, that's your ideal. That is format, brilliant. Right? I'm glad I thought of that. There you go. I actually do not like the spring season, though. I don't. I know. Um, I, 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 for me, it's tough. I mean, as you're looking at it this year, I, I don't know if it was posted yet, but Alex Schieferdecker and I did a, a back and forth banter about about seven, eight key questions about the spring and the fall seasons. And one of the things that we talk about is that there's a very real chance that this Indy 11 team finishes fifth or sixth in overall points because, and that's not even a slight against them. But there are six teams within three points of each other right now, which means it doesn't take much to fall. And so you could have the sixth best team hosting a playoff game, and it would probably be the two seed, but you know, that's, that's just 
kind of unreal to me. And I don't think that's an accurate representation when you're only having four teams out of 12 make the playoffs, which I do think, by the way, is the correct ratio. I've heard people say that it should be more. I don't agree with that. I think that it's a good number the way it is. So so what is your ideal format? Do you keep the split season? Do you get rid of it? Get rid of it. Okay. I mean, it was introduced so that the Cosmos could join 10 weeks later. But... So, but so, so, so I understood it. Introduced, it for that year. We, we can we can argue about later when we put on our tinfoil hats. But let me, let me put it this way: um, I like the format. I I think it would be better if both the seasons were even. I think this thing about having um, half of the teams have home games, half of them don't in the uh, spring season. I, I don't particularly like that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I do think there's a spectacular amount of excitement of of. Uh, hype enthusiasm about the league that comes about when when you have this format and i appreciate that as a fan i don't get bored in june and july waiting for like mid-season matches being like oh my god like you know what's how's the table shaking out i feel like the nasl makes it interesting in more points of the year i do get your point that it's it's a very different thing to me though it emphasizes again you have the sprint versus you have the marathon and uh, with the point of having the sixth place team hosting the playoffs, sure, but they also won the spring. They achieved something to me. But winning in a half as long season, is that achieving much? To me, that's not as much of an achievement. That's all. And I don't think it should be given the same reward as if you win the 22 game later on. I think it's, I mean, it's one of those things where I. it's not the same, I don't think. But I don't, let me put it this way, I don't think that it's... Less, uh, I mean, it's significantly less of an achievement where I'd say like, okay, only the fall person can can host. I do think that that makes sense to to if you just want to do hosting to do hosting based on the combined table alone. Sure, yeah, and then you give the spring title winner a guaranteed playoff spot. Right, exactly. Sure. I think I'm I think I think that's that. good uh, because I do think like you know you remember being in Minnesota in 2014 when we won the spring mm-hmm. title. It was it meant something, man. To the fans, like you could sit there and say, like you know, it means less. But to the fans who won, like last year, uh, this year in Indy, and to us in 2014, it meant a whole hell of a lot. And that's, I, I think that that's that's the point of the spring season is that it it adds that excitement where we get we get hyped mid season, right? But it's created, sure. And so, but which you could say any sort of title playoffs is. are like that too. Playoffs are created like that. Do you need that? No, I understand. I just I don't think that the current setup makes sense because it's half as many games to get the exact same. Yeah. So that's where I have the issue with it. If it was going to be a sixteen and sixteen split, or if it was going to be, uh, you know, I don't know how else you would do it. Spring, fall, winter, summer, winter, summer. and then the montan season, and then the montan season. I would understand yeah. it with wild cards, especially with the wild card. Yeah, I think it'd be great. Uh, by the way, so, so I, I, oh, all right, we will, I think we got to kind of an agreement there, which I was not expecting. I thought we were going to start throwing things at each other in my new house and like messing up all the walls. You just wanted to paint your walls with blood, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. Every Patrick day. Bateman. Yeah. Um, let's take a quick break right here and we'll be back with a few pancake hot takes. And welcome back to Toughcast by Two United Fans. We are here with some breaking political coverage, and we're going to just spend the entire second half of the podcast just talking politics, because that's what the listeners want. 
I sure, yeah, of course, because you know my views on uh, the European Union and uh, Britain. Mm-hmm. They really, when people stop us to tell us that they listen to our podcast, that's what they talk about mm-hmm. is uh, my views on 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 the pound sterling. Yep, they say you know it's great. I like the way that you analyze that Rio OKC Fort Lauderdale Strikers scoreless draw. But let me really hear your thoughts on Brexit. Right. Um, which, by the way, the Leave is winning as we as we record this right now, which is crazy to me. Yikes. Yeah, that's pretty scary, man. The economy is going to take a tumble. And uh, for someone who just made a significant investment, uh, I need that economy not to, not to take a tumble. You need that economy. Look at you. I, I need it not to take a tumble, Jeff. I need it not to do that. His monocle fell off, guys. Be afraid. Yeah, I'm twirling my mustache, which I can do now, by the way. Good for you. Yeah, a lot has changed. Yeah, I, can, I, can, I can do that. Anyway, uh, moving along, we are now going to just quickly go through the table for this year. And talk about each team. Uh, should we go from the bottom up, Jeff? Let's go bottoms up. Yeah, bottoms up. We retire in Miami to begin with. Right, we're uh, going to start with retirement. We're going to play the board game life. You know, where you can choose school or career. <laughs> and we're just going to say, fuck it, retirement. Right, exactly. Because it's all a slog anyway. Right. What, what about Miami, Jeff? Uh, Miami ended up making the biggest news of any team during during the season with the purchase of Richie Ryan. Right, and they kind of turned their record around after that, but not enough to. Oh, <laughs> uh, but they, they didn't. Uh, they didn't. Uh, I think. I think they looked better by the end than Jacksonville did. I completely agree with you. Yeah. There's, there's hope in Miami. I think that's the thing to take away from it. Um, it's it's tough for any expansion team to figure out. Okay, what's going to be our identity, and how do we quickly get the players to put it together? And Puerto Rico is going to run through some major growing pains. Starting in a week. Uh-huh. We'll get to them. We are? Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that Miami suddenly has one of the best, if not the best, midfield in the league. And that's nothing to scoff at, considering how much of the NASL is played in the midfield. Right. Now, now speaking of a team that has something to offer in one area of the pitch, let's go to Jacksonville. Check on. Think of too many redeeming factors. Yeah, I was going to say, what area of the pitch do they offer much in? Uh, the shipyard? Uh, the the hospitality tent outside the stadium I hear is killer. Ooh, and then let's talk about the, the part of the pitch where they have that ma- massive inf- inflatable kraken. That's, that's right. pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Also the the baseball part of their stadium that's really well maintained. Yep. Um. So those parts of the pitch I think. Yep. And I, uh, yeah. on the field. Yeah. No man, I can't think of any redeeming characteristics in Jacksonville Armada right now. They are shambles of a team. They have two, maybe three starting left backs. That's cool, right? With Matt Boehner, and then they signed Anthony Wallace in Week Nine when Boehner went down with a concussion. And I think they signed another guy who's pretty decent. They signed two guys from the Swedish uh, league recently, which we'll talk about by the end of. Um, we'll talk about all the signings that happened in the offseason next time around. But they're just like because there's like three or four, and if we try to do them right now, they'll. It'd just be a waste of time. So right. maybe when we have a little bit more news. Uh, moving along from Jacksonville is Ottawa Fury. Last year's finalists in mm-hmm. ninth place. Dearly departed. And yet, that they looked better than we thought they would. Which is, it's hard to say. You're in ninth place right. out, of 12, out of 11, and we think you did better than we were expecting. Right. And yet, <laughs> I don't think that's untrue. Because I guess I didn't expect them to be so competitive. Yeah, they did have a few wins there that we thought were pretty good. And they did play on the pitch sometimes better than... And they love playing on turf. Right. Apparently. I I think they really got lucky with the signing of Marcel de Jong, who 
sounds like he's on his way out. Um, they have a new left back coming in from Edmonton, uh, but nothing's confirmed yet. So I'll talk about that again next week. <laughs> Are you going to make me go and edit that out like you did no, a few months ago? No, you don't have to edit that out. Okay, I good. Was, sorry. Good. Don't so, make work for me, Jeff. I don't like that. No. <laughs> daddy no like. <laughs> Hashtag the way that like. came from. But uh, Raya OKC is in eighth place. Who the, You talked about a team that has exceeded expectations. This is the one. I talked about this last really? week. They've got a solid setup. Yeah. I don't think this exceeded. I think that we, all along, we were both saying we that they were going to be... We had the same exact discussion. We were gonna, no, we were going to say they're going to be better than Miami. <laughs> but I think we said they were going to be mid-table. I guess you could argue eighth is mid-table in an 11 team. Yeah. I, I, think, I think people were, again, like I said several weeks ago, they were... People were counting them out before the season started, and then I said, well, wait, wait, just well like you said five that. months ago, they weren't too bad. It feels like it's been forever. Right. It really does. Uh, moving along to a train wreck in Carolina Railhawks, who started out the who season... fell off the rails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That train uh, picked up speed really quickly and went straight into a brick wall, because... I was. I started the season saying, "Wow, Carolina, man, they're doing way better than everyone else thought they were." And now we're like, "Nah, not so much." Right. You, you talk about a tale of two seasons. That's the Railhawks. Right, and it's pretty worrisome. Um, mm-hmm. They're gonna try to fix it by bringing in Matt Fondy. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Ask Jacksonville how that went. So, so Fondy when he was in Louisville. Yep. He did have someone behind him helping him create chances. And I think the hope there is probably that with Shipalani, with uh, Dalouse's on fire, and mm-hmm. a few other guys kind of feeding him the ball, maybe Mr. Fondu can make a wonderful fondue off with the uh, blue cheese that, that he's currently that passing on the pitch. <laughs> but boy, they do hope for that fondue, apparently. Can you have a blue cheese fondue? You can find out. I it feel like it wouldn't disgusting. work. Melted, like aromatic really blue, blue cheese, cheese. Uh, no i don't it's a good way to make your house smell like feet right which you just got a house so we can try it no no let's not i uh I, I did actually um i went on a date once with a girl who um didn't wear socks on her feet uh and and her, and her feet and shoes smelled like well feet. blue cheese that had been left out for a week oh yeah that was pretty bad I don't want to relive that. I could smell that from across the room. It was pretty oh, bad. That's bad. Yeah. That's really bad. Didn't date her again. And that's about as bad as the second half of the Railhawk season looked. Exactly. True. Uh, uh, speaking of, well, no segue here. So I was number say, six. try the segue, man. Fort Lauderdale striker. The one well, team with so a zero The Railhawks signed a striker, and now we move on to the... See, that was way better. That was a million times better than blue cheese feed. Um... <laughs> Yeah, but, we hear the, the strikers of Smelly Feet. That's how they've been winning by the end of the season. It's just that they take apparently, off the shoes and distract the yikes. They were the uh, the one team. They were the one team who ended up getting a neutral goal difference. So that's cool. Um, yeah. The only way they could have had a perfectly symmetrical season is if they'd had one less win and one more draw. But I don't think they're complaining. They turned it around as far as results go, but I didn't see much of a change in their play actually. The the addition of Ramon Nunez certainly helped them with the midfield. Yeah. I just I don't think that's sustainable kind of the last 5-6 weeks where they were getting results week in week out. We shall see, man. I have faith in my strikers like I did. I counted them out once at the start of the season. I I, I jumped on the strikers hate bandwagon and then they proved everybody wrong. And they're back in sixth. I think I put them in fourth once. Yeah, it sounds right. It's fourth or fifth, and now they're in sixth. No, I put them in fifth, and, and people laughed at me. Mm-hmm. But the world mocked you. La- yeah, now I'm laughing. 
While twirling that mustache that I can Still twirl. the mustache, man. Um, and then staying in Florida, we have the Tampa Bay Rowdies, who finished in fifth with 16 points. Can't decide if they exceeded my expectations or they uh, disappointed me based on what I thought they would do. Was that? Because... I think at the start of the season, we all thought, oh my god, the Rowdies, they're going to destroy everything in their path. And then what happened was they kind of shat the bed a whole lot, and we all thought that they were going to finish in the bottom four. And they somehow ended up in fifth. Sure. Yeah. I, they've got talent. They certainly have talent. Sure. I, I'd like to see more from their defense, and I'd like to see a little more possession play from them. I think the signing of Joe Cole while unexpected, was also a better signing from an on-the-field standpoint than a lot of people gave it credit for when it first happened. They are Britain's NASL team. They are Britain's NASL team. Right. And uh, we'll see if they're able to keep it up. I I think it's going to be a long road ahead, but I think that they're sitting better than, like, Carolina. Minnesota United FC is in fourth place. What do you think, Jeff? Uh, Injuries, injuries, injuries. a tough break i don't know how much i can blame it just on injuries though we were supposed to have a whole lot of depth we had quality but we don't have 20 field players on this roster at all sure which is tough that's not a defense that's in itself is a different criticism i don't think it was as deep of a team as we were led to believe exactly yeah. uh, i don't know what i just said grazie right uh i think i said um exactly Money in cherries because now with Britain's exit, we're gonna go back to Barton to barter, barter economy system. and cherries. This really is the are, Brexit episode, isn't it? it we're really so is. trendy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, so Minnesota anything United, else you want to say with Minnesota? I don't. I don't. I could. I could be very cynical in the way I have to be about uh, my team, but uh, you know, I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping that they that they finish the fall well. So let me just keep it. At that. I I do think that they'll be able to turn around pretty easily. I think staying healthy is going to have a large part of what happens to happen with that. Fingers crossed. Uh, FC Edmonton in third. I don't. I think I speak for most NASL fans when they say, I didn't see this coming. They lost their best player in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And they finished above the team he signed with. Right. Well, this is the, at one point. Um, this was the team I had in fifth that you laughed at me at. So my fifth place underdog did better than yours. And... <laughs> I boy, I wish I could tell you why they did. I mean, they had the fewest goals allowed out of any team in NASL, but they also had the fewest goals scored of any team that finished higher than ninth. Yeah, this is. I mean, this so is cool. this is the uh, uh, Ottawa Fury formula, right, from last year. Is that they just didn't allow anybody to score, and and that's uh, not a bad way to get some points of your own yeah no no it's it's pretty great so uh, all right go fc edmonton i'm pretty actually excited to see what they're able to do they can keep this momentum up um which it again i think i think when i see a team like this doing well um it tells me that budget isn't everything in nasl or at least in the spring that that you can you do you you can make a lot out of a team that's that's kind of pinching the pennies fury did that last year and I think this Edmonton team is doing that right now. And Indy, I would guess, is kind of doing that as well. Maybe. I don't know enough to say right. either way. But uh, speaking of a team that isn't, <laughs> it's quite the opposite of pinching pennies. Our 
everyone's New York Cosmos uh, are in second place. What do, what do we want to say about the Cosmos? Besides, you know, fuck the Cosmos. But they they did well to uh, make sure that they didn't draw a single game out of ten. And it was win or lose. You know, that's a very American persona that they had, and I appreciate that. No draws. Totally, totally. They are not. I'll say this for the millionth time on this podcast. They are not the old Cosmos that we knew and loved. Uh, moving along to Indy 11, who again, I would say this is an, an unexpected result, but uh, I, I'm curious to see how they start the fall. Whether they can, whether they decide to take it easy now that they've got the spring in the bag or they decide to go all out and show that it wasn't a fluke. Yeah, and they don't have the Open Cup to contend with either because they lost that in a shootout against Chicago, right. I believe. So that would have been a really interesting wrinkle if they were still going on that and they are in the round of 16. And then to see how much stock they put in the fall and how much they just put towards making an open cup run. The the one reason they might want to win the fall to those four seeding reasons for the soccer bowl. Because mm-hmm. it, it's the soccer bowl host is the one who was seeded higher. If it's the two champions, fall and spring, who end up in the soccer bowl, Indy would not host if they finished below the fall champion. Right. So there is some... There's at least some uh, push, and they're, they know they're going to be in the semifinal. They have to believe that they're going to win that game. So if I'm an indie player right now, I'm thinking, oh, we got to host the final. If we're not hosting the final, we lose that amazing home field advantage with loud Brickyard Battalion, all that good stuff. So, so maybe that pushes them to do well. We'll see. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I, it's really exciting for them. Yeah. That's, that's a club that I think a lot of people had written off for since 2014. Yeah, And just... The pieces fit. the The coaching worked. I don't. I don't know exactly. Tim Hankinson. What the NASL Hankinson genius. method would be, but you're the right. The Mourinho of NASL. Yes. The... Let's patent that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, we should make that scarf. But um, anyway, that that's it for these teams and and our takes. Puerto Rico FC. Very quickly, they released their two jerseys, home and away. <sighs> Yeah, exactly. It's an orange kit and a gray kit. Go buy them from your local Nike store. They won't have the Puerto Rico FC logo on them, but they're yeah. You can They'll just iron that on, or just take a crayon and draw a few lines. That'll look like the Puerto Rico FC logo anyway. That is true. Yeah, very uninspiring. Um, but whatever. I, I I guess I don't. I wasn't expecting it to be so bland. Right. Because I know that at least with Carmelo Anthony's shoes that he designs, they're not so bland. Right. They're not the new Steph Curry kicks. No, no, well, now they're known as LeBron kicks. So, right. Anyway, uh, that's my basketball joke of the week. By the way, there you go. I saw someone, by the way, had gone to Walmart and uh, with this curry powder, scratched off the curry and made it LeBron powder. <laughs> that was pretty great. I love that. Um, yeah. So, so Jeff, I I gotta say, man, this has been a really boring off season, dude. Like, I've been following the Copa and Euros, which is kind of fun. Uh, we didn't talk about the US today. Maybe we can do that some other time. But like. Man, NESL has been no news. Like, three signings and, like, Clown Car leaving. Which, by the way, I like seeing Clown Car. Mm-hmm. Why the hell did he have to leave? But I'm bored, man. Because he piled out. I'm excited. They finished but... piling out of the Clown Car. And we, we won't have games until next week anyway. Well, next we? week, right. Um, so and when we... you said you're curious to see where Indy goes, it, the answer is they're going to Puerto Rico for the opener. Right. So, we'll, we'll see what happens. 
um, next weekend. But we'll be back next Thursday with a few uh, fall uh, previews and maybe some news and some other thing, interesting things that we've got for you. Um, in the meantime, do follow us on Twitter at TWR United Fans. I'm at LockstockSpock. I am at J-E-F-F-R-U-E-T-E-R. And uh, I for sure will be going to Indy with the dark clouds. Jeff might be driving along because he's too cool for school buses. Well, it's not going to be a school bus. It's going to be a deluxe motor coach because I booked the thing. Deluxe motor coach. Right. So y'all should come. If you're listening to this, please sign up to come to Indy. It's going to be awesome fun. It's just 100 bucks to sign up and spend the night in Indy. Uh, trust me, the Brickyard Battalion are awesome to hang out with. This would be a really, really great trip to introduce yourself to away travel, which is going to be pretty often in MLS. So, and also tell your friends about Toughcast. Um, follow us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play Podcasts, and iTunes. From me, Natch. And from me, Jeff. This is good night.